on behalf of the Salsas family. We're gathered here to celebrate Amos's life and to reflect on that. Amos's desire would be that God be honored and glorified through this, so we want to be careful in doing that. My name is Mel Lapp. I was married to Ann Byler, who was Amos's great niece. Her mother was Amos's niece, and so that's why I'm here. That's who I am. You probably don't remember me from any family reunions, so I was uh, related to Amos through marriage. I first got to know Amos and Fanny through uh, attending the same church when they still lived in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and where um, Amos was then part of the pastoral team. So then uh, they moved to New York, H County, New York, this area right here, several years before we did, and as uh, when we became interested in also moving here, we would stay at their house while we'd come for the weekend for to look at properties. And so I have a lot of fond memories of Amos and Fanny. Um, they were always very gracious and welcoming to us. And we were young and naive, never bought a property before, but I give Amos a lot of credit for helping us and guiding us in that in, in our purchase, because we had, we were looking for just that five acres on the edge of town, like most people are. We had those kind back then, too. And so um, we didn't, as most of you know, rarely do you find just the exact property, location, and amenities that you want. And we were no exception. We didn't find exactly what we wanted, but we finally agreed on a property, which we still live there. And uh, like I said, I just wanted five acres. I didn't think I could afford more, but there was 43 for sale. So Amos and my father-in-law uh, strongly recommended, highly encouraged us, buy the whole thing, make up an offer. And so we did. And long story short, but it was accepted. And uh, so I, I think back to that many a time. We had prayed that God would direct us, and God does that through people many times. And I give Amos and, and my father-in-law a lot of credit for that because certainly it, it has been a good move, and I would have forever regretted just buying five acres of that property. Anyways, so that's, that's a little bit who I am. And uh, that's how I got to, uh, that was my uh, earlier memories of, of Amos and Fanny and reflecting on the good times and the many, the many uh, visits. And a lot of these were weekends, just an extended weekend visit. And Saturday we usually spent running all over the county from one end to the other looking for properties. And so we always felt like we had, well, we did have an open invitation to stay there, which we did. Uh, quite a few times. So we have uh, got a lot of good memories of, of that. And so um, I'd like to just proceed with the service, and we're going to be um, starting with a couple of congregational songs, but first I'd like to invite you to stand for a prayer. And to those who are able, if you want to remain standing for the song service, you may. Let's pray.
Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Father, we realize that we are here by your appointment. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together like this. And Father, as we reflect on Amos' life, we pray that this would be a blessing and encouragement to all of us, that we could be inspired to uh, live for you selfishly and fully, like Amos did. So we pray your blessing on the service, and that we truly could honor his desire and bring honor and glory to you. And so we pray your blessing on the service, Father, bless our song service, and the preaching of your words, family sharing, whatever is included. May your name be honored and glorified. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. As a family, I just want to read a couple of verses here. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our sorrows. That really is my prayer for you guys, and I know you've been feeling that and experiencing that already. Just the grace of God there with you, right beside you. And um, I just welcome you all as friends, as uh, friends of the family, just to be here. And thank you for that. So I get a call pretty early Wednesday morning, as we all did at some point, and we received the news that Amos passed in his sleep. And one of my first thoughts was, wow, what a way to go. Be healthy one day, working, fall asleep, and wake up in glory. But I, I say that realizing that with you as a family, there was no chance for goodbyes. But the reality is, no matter how death comes, it's final. It's, it's there. It's done. And it's what has happened before that, really, that the memories that are made, the things that have happened, that, that shape our outlook on death, and really on your days to come. There's going to be days of sorrow. You're going to feel the loss. You've been loved deeply by this man. And because of that love, there's also pain when it is gone. It's just a part of life. It's the way it works. So the pain that you feel, the sorrow that you feel, it's a good thing because it means that as he was here and as he touched your life, that he poured his love on you, and he did that well. Amos was a godly man. He had his faith in his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that shaped his life and made him who he was. Um, I really don't know that much about his story, but somewhere as a young man, Amos made a decision to place his faith in Jesus Christ and to follow him, and he did that and was faithful to the end. He was a kind and a gentle man. I think one thing that I've heard so many times the last couple of days is he was one of the kindest men, and he really was. And he was very gentle in his approach. He was a man with few words, 
but he was also a man who communicated effectively what it meant to care for people and to love people and to do that well. I believe that's really a big part of the legacy that, that Amos leaves, um, just the way that he took care of people, um, was a friend to many. And it's just a memory that I cherish. Amos served in capacities in a couple churches over his lifetime. And I believe it was that, his care for people, that brought him fulfillment and motivated him in his work for the Lord. Because that's really who he was. He was also a successful businessman. And as I was thinking about that just in the last day or so, <clears throat> he was really pretty visionary when it came to business. And um, at least two of the businesses that he started are still in operation today, uh, functioning strong and doing well. And obviously, Oak Hill is one of them. And somehow it seems like, even though it passes from generation to generation, that Amos is still the face of Oak Hill, right? Just the way it is, because he was the man. He was the one that started that. And that's, that's okay. That's good. <clears throat> I've watched him love you guys as his family. And I was, I was especially touched by the way he cared for his grandchildren and worked on relationship with you guys. Um, that's what I've seen looking in. You guys know better because you were part of that. But I, I see him caring well for you guys. And even the great-grandchildren, I'm sure, that had a chance to know him would testify to that. And uh, just the way he cared so well for them. But because you have been a recipient of that love, the pain of separation is very real. And you're going to feel that. It will be felt in the days and weeks and probably months to come. As I already said, that's okay. That's okay. That just means that you were loved. And so just value that. Death has a way of bringing perspective to life. You know, I think about that. We're all here today. We probably all had other plans for today, right? At least other things that we could have been doing. When, when a loved one dies, suddenly the things that are most important come to the forefront. And so we clear our schedules and we make time for the things that need to happen. And, and we're here in memory and in honor of a life that was well lived. And as I was, I was talking with Fanny earlier in the week, she said, you know, Amos wouldn't want this to be about him. And I get that. But the reality is it has to be, at least a part of it has to be about him because we're here to remember his life. And that's okay. But I know that in his um, life. Well, let me just back up a little bit. I believe that as we look at the death of a loved one, it should be a sober reminder to all of us that our days are numbered, that we're only here for a period of time. Amos lived 88 years. We're not, we're not guaranteed that. But our days are all numbered. We're here for a period of time. And we need to choose what we do with our time here because it matters. See, choices have consequences. And so the choices that I make today will affect my future. 
the choices that I make today will affect my spirit for eternity. And so the decisions that I make, they're, they're important. And we need to weigh well the decisions that are before us and how we handle them and what we do with them. I mentioned before that Amos was a man of faith. And somewhere early in his life, he made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. He placed his faith in Jesus Christ and the hope that he provided by dying for us. Now, what I'm sharing here is probably not new to any of us, but I believe it's such a foundational part of Amos's life and what he lived. And I believe it's what he would want shared in relation to the life of Jesus Christ and its effect upon him. You see, man was created in relationship with God. You can read about that in Genesis. We were created in relationship with God, but because of sin, which was man's choice, the relationship was broken. The only way that relationship could be restored, because God is a just God and will live by his laws, is for a person with no sin to die. And that's where Jesus came in. Jesus, the Son of God, was sent to earth, came to earth. He lived a life without sin, and he died a terrible death on the cross at Calvary, taken upon himself our sin so that we could be free. That's the message of the gospel. That is what, what made the difference in Amos' life and in many of our lives. It's in placing our faith in Jesus Christ and allowing him to set us free. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what happened with Jesus on the cross was he came, lived a sinless life, but the Bible says he became sin. And the best way I can explain that is he took my sin, he took your sin, and he called them his own, and he died and satisfied the demand that God had. And because of that, our sins are forgiven, and we can be righteous before God, and it's such a beautiful thing. Sin will always separate. Even today, sin in my life separates. But there's a way through that, and that's through repentance. And then there's forgiveness, and relationship can be restored. That's the plan, or that's the message of salvation. I believe today that because of what Jesus Christ has done, because of the work that he did on Calvary, that we can say with confidence that Amos is in heaven today. Now, he didn't live a perfect life. None of us do. But because of what Jesus Christ did for him and really for all of us, I believe that we can say with full confidence that he is in heaven today, that he is in a better place. We understand you know, the body is here in this box right in front of us. Tomorrow it's going to be put in the ground. And um, Ecclesiastes 12 says the body returns to the dirt, but the, but the spirit returns to God who gave it. And so there's, there's a, trans, there's a trans, transition that happens, I believe, at the moment that a person quits breathing. 
where the spirit leaves the body and it goes to God who sent it. Now, I mentioned earlier that, that we all, yeah, the, the decisions that we make have consequences. And the Bible says that we all must give account to God for the things that we have done, whether good or evil. And, and I, believe, I believe firmly that when our sins are forgiven, that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ and we allow him to, to cleanse us, there's no fear in standing before God and giving account. However, if that's not the case, there's, there's reason for fear. So I'd like to talk a little bit about heaven. And, you know, the reality is the Bible says not a whole lot about heaven. I believe today that Amos is in the presence of God. Second um, Corinthians chapter five, verse eight, there's a verse that says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there's, there's other verses that I could pull in, but I believe when the spirit of, of a loved one, the spirit of a believer goes to God, that there is a, a place, I believe it's heaven, where God is the center of it. I don't know where it is, and it really doesn't matter. If we would need to know, God would tell us that. The Bible would have told us that already, right? But I believe, I believe it is in the presence of God I believe that Jesus is there, and somehow I believe that as a person, as Amos, as his spirit departed the body and came into the presence of God, to me, I I just picture Jesus as being the very center of that. Because of the price that he paid, because of what he did, he being at the very center of heaven. And I, I believe that he would be the first person that Amos would see as he steps into the realms of glory. Again, Scripture is not real clear on this. And so some of this is, is you know, my thoughts in putting together what I, have, what I have believed or come to believe, especially over the past number of years in relation to heaven and, and to what it looks like for us. I believe that as loved ones pass, that there is still an identity, that when we go to glory, we will recognize people for who they were here on earth. And I believe as Amos stepped into the realms of glory, I believe he was greeted by, by Jesus. And somehow I see behind that that there was a host of people who knew him here on earth. I can imagine him greeting his sons who've been gone for years and recognizing them in a reunion. I can see family members. I can see loved ones, you name it. Think about people that have gone on before and him meeting them there. And again, again, a lot of this really is what I have come to believe. But just trying to portray a picture of what I think heaven is and, and what, it, what we have to look forward to. Yeah, what we have to look forward to. I believe that as, as Amos stepped through the portals of heaven, that there was a reunion there with the loved ones that have gone before. But the light, the center of heaven will always be Jesus Christ because he is the one that made it possible for us to be there. Now, I also believe that the place where 
our loved ones are today is not a permanent place. You know, there's so many misconceptions, I think, of heaven. Um, we've all seen the uh, angels playing their harps floating around in a cloud. Uh, that's not accurate. I can guarantee you that. Um, to me, that seems like a boring place, but heaven is not a boring place. I believe that where loved ones are, are now, where Amos is, is, as best I can understand, it's a, it's a temporary place where they're dwelling with God. But I believe there is a time coming where God is establishing a new heaven and a new earth when he comes back for, for the church. And I don't know what all that looks like. I'm not really a big student of eschatology. But I believe there is a time coming where this world will come to an end and time will be no more. And saints will be raised to glory. And, you know, Thessalonians talks about that very clearly. Um, but exactly what that looks like, I don't know. But I believe it's going to happen. But I believe after that, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And that's where believers will be forever throughout the rest of time. Again, this is, this is my perception, this is my understanding, and some of what I've read through other people. And it's only a brief glimpse. But I believe that heaven is a glorious place. It is something... It is a place that is worth waiting for. It's a place that is worth enduring hardship for and, and persevering. Again, it is made possible to all of us because of Jesus Christ and because the price that he paid for our atonement so that we can be bought back, that we can be in relationship with Jesus Christ. And I would, I would just say, I know Amos's heart would be, if you don't know what that is or what that really looks like, Find somebody that does. It's, it's simple. It's, it's an easy step of faith in belief in stepping into a relationship with God, the creator of the universe. I know you as a family are uh, going to be sharing some memories here in the next little while. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that. To me, it's one of the best part of the, parts of the funeral is just being able to reminisce and, and talk about uh, what he has meant to you. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I just want to I just want to encourage you as you um, face the next days, just to lean into God and allow him to give you strength. Um, these things are hard. Uh, but it's it's the reality of life here. It comes to an end. We step into a future that in many ways is, is unknown. But we can know that God is there and that he is our strength. So I just want to bless you as a family. I just want to encourage you to, uh, I know that you're going you're gonna to care for your mother well. I know you're going to miss Amos because uh, he cared for you well and he loved you deeply. Um, but I just want to encourage you to to hang together, to be strong, uh, allow grief to take its pro to take its course, take its process in your life because it needs to in order for you to be able to be whole and to be healed. Um, to miss him is a good thing. The reality is, life goes on for all of us, and he leaves a legacy that is powerful. But I think the question we we do well to ask ourselves: What is the legacy that I am leaving? 
you've been given a foundation that is solid, that is sure, a foundation of faith. And again, the question that I would ask, what is the foundation that I am leaving for those coming after me? Amos ran the race well, and I believe he finished strong. And so my challenge to each of you is continue to run the race well and to finish strong. May God bless you. Thank you, Sam, for those very appropriate readings, scripture readings, and thoughts. The last several days, I was able to borrow Amos's Bible. Uh, Fanny let me borrow it, and I was very um, interesting looking through a person's Bible. This was a well-worn, highlighted, used Bible. So I was uh, kind of drawn to a couple of verses. Uh, there's several in Proverbs. Proverbs 22, verses 3, 4, and 5. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hiding himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. And I think this was Amos' life. This was his goal. He lived these verses. And then there was a, another one in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 2, verse 12. And Sam made mention of this just now. By having fought a good fight and lived well. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And that's what... We are doing here. We are witnessing that. Amos's life. And so I was blessed as I was able to leaf through his Bible. Notice all the highlighted and the underlined verses. And those are verses that obviously spoke to him at a certain time and place to where he took time to underline or highlight them. So this time I want to turn time over to the family for their memories. And they have that pretty well worked out. After that, the reading of the, the obituary. So, I'll turn. Good morning. You know, yesterday about, I don't know, 2 o'clock or whenever it was, I thought it was a good idea to stand up here and talk, but now I'm not so sure. But I'm Leland, and uh, this is Wilma. She's the oldest and the premier daughter. And um, these are uh, my three children, Abby, Ben, and Shay, and Caleb. So thanks for coming. I guess I'm going to pull this paper out. So the first time that I met Amos, I came with an agenda. And a not-so-hidden agenda. I wanted to impress upon Amos that I was a somewhat decent, normal human being and capable of earning the lifelong trust of his 
oldest, as I said, premier daughter. <laughs> that was about, I don't know, 30 years ago. We met at their farm on Ridge Road where Amos and Fanny were unloading sacks of dry goods and repackaging these goods for sale to the locals. Soon Amos had offered me coffee and we were sitting out the counter and I tried to be interested in the bulk food business and Amos was very much interested in this budding young agronomist. Amos quickly relieved my fears at that first meeting with his signature, genteel, genuine, caring manner. That will be a reoccurring theme, I'm just guessing. It also became apparent that my future father-in-law was cut from a different cloth, tranquil, level-headed, and mellow. As the years passed, I learned to know Amos better, and it became evident that he saw each of his sons-in-laws as much more than mates for his daughters. We were adopted as full-fledged sons, loved both equally and individually. But what, what I would posit that was one of his most admirable attributes was the ability to both love and accept friends and family with a different lens on life while firmly and fully embracing his own identity. Amos, you were and are a person who will be remembered as a man who used words sparingly and loved all generously. I'll remember the quiet conversations we often had behind the house when I was working at the farm and you would pull up in your little mower, turn it off, what's going today, Leland? Rest well, son, husband, father, father-in-law, grandfather, great-grandfather on many levels, and friend. You've toiled, played, and modeled life well. You've joined your two sons and left the love of your life in good hands. Most importantly, you've loved God and your neighbor as yourself. Rest in peace. Hello. Um, much like my father, I thought I was going to be holding it together a lot better at right now. Um, but I'm going to do my best. Um, as my dad said, my name's Ben, my beautiful wife, Shana, siblings, Caleb and Abby, and we had the pleasure to call Amos Grandpa. So I have a few words here that um, we put together, some stories and some other words. 
For a man who didn't say a whole lot, there's a whole lot we could say about him. I will always remember the life lessons he showed me as a way to lead my family. I can't wait to tell my children about their great-grandpa. I wish I was as good as, at words as Grandpa was with his actions. I remember Grandpa always being kind and steady. He was always respectful and looked out for others, and was always very humble. He carried himself with a quiet, gentle, and rarely met a stranger. There was a few summers where I helped my grandpa mow the yard fairly regularly during, fairly regularly. Looking back, I know he was capable of doing it, but I think he would leave it for me to do because I enjoyed doing it and also because it was something we enjoyed doing together. There was always an amazing meal afterward and often his sweet tooth would help him pick something from Oak Hill for dessert. I remember a time when I was living with my grandparents a few nights a week due to my work schedule. I couldn't help how my grandpa was such an amazing person, and I wanted to ask him as many questions as I could because I knew that, sadly, he wasn't going to be here forever. He also couldn't figure out, I also couldn't figure out how a man who had lost two sons and had seen all kinds of hardship showed no signs of bitterness. So I asked him, I was hoping for some life-changing advice or maybe a book I should read. But his life-changing advice was a little different. He gave me a soft smile and said something along the lines of, love each other, forgive, and ask God for wisdom. There were times I asked him again because I thought, surely the answer would be more complicated. But it really wasn't. Grandpa took such good care of Grandma. I never saw him speak harshly to her, and when I'd be there for breakfast and he'd leave for work, he'd always leave you a nice kiss. This last story here, or one of the last ones, um, probably left the greatest impression on me. Um, I'll do my best to hold it together. There was one time uh, on one, one of the many mornings when I dropped in to pick up something or drop something off that he was letting me borrow. This time I was dropping off a trailer which he was letting me use for one of my many projects. As usual, I would drop in to say hi and I also knew there was normally coffee and a snack waiting for me as well. I knew based on the time that there was a chance that they were reading their Bibles and doing their quiet time. So I decided not to knock, and as usual, the door was unlocked, so I let myself in. It was quiet, so I made my way back to the living room. And sure enough, they were praying. So I quietly sat down and waited for them to finish. What I heard was something inspiring. Grandpa was taking time to pray for each and every one of his grandchildren because that is how important we are to him. I'm sure this wasn't the only time that they did this either. 
Something I thought of, and kind of something off Caleb said, because of grandma and grandpa's prayer life, we as grandchildren and surrounding relatives will reap the benefits of things we did not know were sown for us. Wherever we found ourselves in the world, we always knew Grandpa was praying for us and rooting for us. There are many stories I could tell about Grandpa, including helping Grandma in the garden and flower beds, seeing the West Coast with him, helping him clean his mower, and unloading firewood into the basement. Countless Sundays or Saturday night dinners and game nights together. It was the opportunity to simply do life together that was so special. We also credit him with our taste for good cheese, seafood, and that sweet tooth. Over the past few days, we have experienced a fresh power of building relationships and community. May we live in a way that honors the man he was and carries on his legacy to future generations. You will be missed. We love you, Grandpa. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> Some more coming yet. Okay, I'm, I'm Dave, and my wife, Leanna, she's the second of the girls. And, um, and a premiere. And a premiere. <laughs> <laughs> Means I was the first one I could I picked right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so thinking about um, Grandpa's life, my father-in-law, you know, I you think of uh, appointments. Sometimes appointments you can change and cancel one, and uh, something better comes up. So you call up and say, "Hey, I can't make it. I'm doing this or whatever." But this is one appointment that nobody can change. It, you got to answer. You got to, you got to answer that call. And I had to think about that a lot. While I was sitting back here just listening to uh, Mel and Sam share, I thought of several people in the Old Testament. So I didn't look it up, but I'm just going to, I hope I had the facts right. But there was one king, Hezekiah, that the prophet came and told him, get your house set in order because you are going to die. And he started weeping and turned and pleading with the Lord to change his mind. And then the prophet, before he even got out of the, um, left the, the palace, God told the prophet to go back and tell him, you got 15, tell Hezekiah he got 15 more years. And I often thought about that. If the Lord came and told me, I have 15 more years, what would I do? How would I live those years? And I thought about that a lot. Would I, um, 
ah, I dodged that bullet. I'm going, I can go on and live my life however. Or would I be really serious and, and contemplate life isn't about making money. It's about building relationships and with our family and our loved ones and passing, off, passing on a legacy. <clears throat> so, you know, my challenge is, you know, times like this, we don't look forward to it. But my challenge to each of us, live your life in a way that you're going to be a blessing for the generations to come. And uh, it's not easy to do that because we get caught up into life and, and uh, life just moves on. All of a sudden, I realize, hey, I'm over 60 already. What happened? And uh, <clears throat> then there was another king I thought about. <clears throat> and this king was a really wicked, wicked king. And when he passed away, it says, one translation says, that they'd made no burnings for him, and the people said, good riddance. And I thought about, you know, a person that lived their life ungodly, we end up saying, good riddance. But Amos wasn't that type of man. Amos was a man that we enjoyed to be around, being with him and spending time with him, and just such an encouragement. And it, like everybody says, he's a man. A few words, a few. Uh, he didn't push his. He didn't push his um, ideas on you, or. But he, if you would ask, he would share them with you and his encouragement. <clears throat> um, one of my first memories of, well, probably my first memory of Amos, was I was out in Montana on the harvest crew, and I came back from that, and I. I made, had a ride to Ohio coming home, but um, uh, Weavertown Youth Group was doing some singing in Ohio, and I found out about that. So we were at the same church, and I asked if I could get a ride home on their bus, and I and it worked out. And I, and I think that's probably we played Battleship on the bus. You remember that? And she won, but. <laughs> But then, um, when I was out in Montana, I was I went to an Indian reservation, and it was kind of like a museum. And I got this book on how to tan a hide, and uh, so I was telling her about this book on the way back. And and that fall, I got shot a deer and saved the hide. And so I asked her if she wants me to come up, and we'll try and tan this hide. And so we were came up that one evening, and in a framework to stretch his hide out on him. And we were having fun, at least I was. And at about 9.30 or 10 o'clock, I heard someone holler outside and said, Leanna, it's time to get to bed. What she heard. But what I heard is time to scud. <laughs> so that's my first memory of Amos. And, uh, <clears throat> um, so then... Um, Boy, something in Lancaster area, I don't remember a whole lot. Um, uh, you know, I was there, I'm sure I was there for some for lunch. I know the uh, first time I met Mena's family and everything, we were at your place, and I thought, wow, what a, what a tribe. <laughs> it was so, oh, it was kind of overwhelming a little bit, but, <laughs> but I, really, I really got to appreciate them, too. And um, <clears throat> so then moving to New York, um, we were, uh, I helped pack up the trailer and helped them to move to New York. And, and I think the last week, Amos was at the job at Level Flow. He 
got his finger in the press, and we were loading the trailer, and I was trying to put a strap on it, and it slipped, and it caught his hand. And I just remember uh, how he, he was in a lot of pain, and I felt so bad about it. But, you know, he just, he just grinned and bared it, and we went on. That's one memory that really stuck out to me. <clears throat> um, one of the things he loved about New York and the Finger Lakes area is when we come up, he'd say Sunday afternoon, hey, let's go, anybody wants to go for a drive, let's go for a drive. And he'd take us all over these back roads and wherever and just enjoy the scenery. That's one thing he loved to do. And we did that quite often. <clears throat> um, I remember the first one weekend I was up here and uh, he was putting a roof on um, some restaurant. I don't know if it was in Rochester or where, but I went along on that job and that was probably the first time that I really worked with him on the job. <clears throat> One other thing I remember that clearly was an embarrassment. Um, he asked me if I want to go with him to check out of a, a job, and I said, sure, I'll go along. So we went and checked out this job, and on the way back, um, I forget the restaurant's name, but it was at the south end of, of uh, Watkins Glen. Yeah. What was the name of the restaurant? Well, anyhow, we, he said, let's stop and get something to eat. And so we went in and, and we sat down and ordered our food and everything. And then when we were finishing up, he said, um, I'll, I'll take care of the bill if you take care of the tip. Well, okay. I, but I didn't have any money. I didn't have any wallet. My wallet alone. <laughs> so he ended up paying for the meal and the tip. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Another thing I, I remember is um, uh, when asking for his blessing and, and taking his daughter to be my wife. And he, it was in the kitchen there in the farmhouse back on Ridge Road. And he was sitting there and, and um, when we sat down and said, I just want to ask you a question. And said, um, you know, I... I'd like to really have your daughter for my wife, you know, would you give your blessing on that? And his response was, well, I never was asked a question like that before. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, but he did give his blessing and, and it's been, it, it been a good choice. <clears throat> um, some of the things um, Grandpa or uh, my father-in-law Amos would do is Often Sunday afternoons, they would just swing in on and out and uh, just, you know, sit down and talk a while and whatever. And did that quite often, and that was quite an enjoyable time. Um, in our, the last number of years, we spent a lot of Sunday evenings playing nine-hole golf or, or black seven. And um, that, was, that was a lot of good memories came out of that, just spending time together and playing those games and enjoying each other. <clears throat> um, Ruby, our little dog, she fell in love with uh, Grandpa, too. And uh, we'd, all we'd have to say, hey, uh, Ruby, you want to go to Grandpa's house? And she would start running back and forth in the house, and, and she was wondering what's taking us so long to get ready. She just, just couldn't hardly wait to go to Grandpa's house. Or we'd say, Grandpa is coming, and she would just run 
you know, to our house, and she would just, all she would just get paced around the kitchen the whole way till she heard the car come. And then she'd run to the door, and Grandpa finally came. So, uh, so that's, um, you know, uh, he made an impression just not on people, but also animals, too. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, he's going to be missed. But um, one of the verses, I just want to read a couple of verses here that kind of sum up, I would say, his life and his, his uh, concern for people. <clears throat> and this is taken out of Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, That if you shall confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, that's a wonderful promise. But this, uh, and then it goes on to say, For he... For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And this is a key verse here. And I think this is what Amos' dad is enjoying this morning. For the scripture has said, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. He is not disappointed this morning. He is rejoicing. Um, Then it goes on in verse 12. It says, for there is no difference between a Jew or the Greek, for the same Lord is over all and rich unto all that call upon him. And that is, Amos would accept anybody and would be a friend to anybody that wanted to be a friend with him. And that's, that's just his legacy. <clears throat> all right. I wouldn't hold it together if I didn't write everything down and just read it. Um, I'm Sarah, and I am Amos's second grandchild and first granddaughter. Um, I wrote a letter to Grandpa. Dear Grandpa, this day arrived sooner than we expected. Not that we would ever truly be ready to say goodbye to you, but I think we all anticipated a little bit of a warning, thought maybe we'd have more time to prepare. You were full of life, vibrant. That early morning phone call saying you were no longer with us felt like a punch. It was so sudden it took our breath away. Death has a way of triggering a life worth a life's worth of memories. Over the last few days, I've really lived so much of my childhood. Your presence was tightly woven through it. My earliest memories include impromptu sleepovers at your house. We would come over with mom and dad for dinner, and then we'd beg to let let mom and dad or we would beg for mom and dad to let us sleep there. Your t-shirts made the perfect ankle-length nightgowns. <laughs> Grandma would tie a bit of fabric around the waist and cinch it in just right. It smelled like comfort. It smelled like you. You included us in so much of your life. I remember being at the store and getting to help bag and eat endless amounts of candy. Of going along with you to Camp Good Days to give horseback rides to the children there. Many a summer's evening were spent in your backyard, running around with all of my cousins while you and Grandma worked together to fill our bellies with the bounty of your garden. I remember hearing many stories of people you welcomed into your home over the years. Homeless folks wandering by, guests traveling who needed a room. Those stories became a reality when my family was homeless for a time. The six weeks we lived in your basement and ate food from your table strengthened the bond that already had been there. I asked Grandma this week if she was excited when we finally moved out, (laughs) taking all of the noise and the chaos that's four young kids cooped up in a small area. She said she was sad to see us go. When I think of you, I think of radical hospitality. 
You lived an ordinary life in an extraordinary way, making everyone who came in contact with you feel seen and loved. Your Thanksgiving table stretched long with folks crammed around on every side, family, friends, and strangers alike, was proof of that. We called you Famous Amos. It started out as a joke. But this week, when my phone kept vibrating with messages from my friends, sending their condolences and sharing their memories of you, I realized it really was true. You were famous. Everyone you met remembered you as gentle, jolly, and generous. Your legacy lives on, and I'll forever cherish the 30 years worth of memories I have of you. I love you, Sarah. Um, my name is Dallas. I'm one of the youngest grandchildren, and I didn't prepare anything to say, but I was just thinking through memories of Grandpa this week. And I think the earliest memories I have of Grandpa involve cookies and food in general, but I just remember Grandpa always coming over to our house. I'd see him pull in, I'd quick run and put a pot of coffee on, and we'd share some cookies and play checkers. And another early memory I have of him, Grandpa used to give buggy rides at the windmill. And I would always love to go hang out with him for a while. And I remember I would always ride with him, and he'd let me sit up front with him, and I'd start talking to the people in the back. And looking back, he was so proud of me. I don't know what for, but I was just there. And he had this sense of just joy and pride that his grandson was sitting with him. And I can look back on these last few years. Me and my cousins would share breakfast with him, always biscuits and gravy. And he would just sit there with us and listen. And it wasn't like we were just there. He was a part of everything. And he was sharing this all with us. So... Friday morning, me and the cousins who would always eat with him met at Oakleaf Cafe and had biscuits and gravy in honor of Grandpa. And I knew he was just sitting right there with us, just enjoying the conversation. We're going to miss you, Grandpa. I forgot to introduce everybody. Um, Kyle is our oldest son and his wife, Nikki. And then it's Sarah and her husband, Herm, or Malin, some may know him. And then Caitlin, and her husband is not here. And, um, and Brian and Amy is Amy's in the back. <laughs> So, yeah, and the grandchildren are, uh, we're, oh, Dallas, sorry, (laughs) forgot, (laughs) Dallas is our youngest, but not the least, (laughs) he's he's our favorite cook, (laughs) and Carson is our oldest grandson, and then it's Brooklyn, and then Kai, and then Bode, Bodie, and 
Oh, and then Jack, right? And then Navi is out in the back. And then uh, our littlest one, um, Brady. Brady. <laughs> Lincoln and Carter. Oh, and Lincoln and Carter are not here. <clears throat> okay. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, I get to say it again. <laughs> I'm Amos's third daughter. My name is Joyce. I am the premier because I'm going to talk. I'm trying to. I, my story is a little different. I, I just want to say after hearing my siblings speak, I'm realizing that I, my family has a little bit of a different experience with Grandpa, but it was all good, very good. I moved away from the area when I was 19, and I have never settled back in this area. But I really, truly believe my family experienced my dad in the richest way as everybody else. I'll introduce my kids and my husband before I go on. So, Myron, my husband. I've got Michael, his wife, Emily. Stephanie, Peter, Thomas, and his friend Maya. Thank you. So I wrote this, I kind of wrote this this week um, in one of my drives here back from Buffalo. Um, and of course, I was sobbing a lot on the way, um, but it was a good time to think and reflect. Um, it's been a long, long week. Um, not, not too many days have gone by since I got heard my phone vibrating at 2.30 in the morning and Loretta said, um, I'm here at mom and daddy's and daddy's not responding. It's, 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 you never can really prepare for that. Even though daddy really did a good job in the last couple of years of wanting to prepare things so that when he's not here, that things are in good place for the family. So things like, I want somebody to buy the property that mom and I live in, so that mom doesn't, so that that can be done before we pass. And that happened. It was bought by one of my sisters. He even last summer, when my cousin Randy from Lancaster was here for a visit, Randy is a funeral director in Lancaster. Before we knew it, Daddy and Randy had a little trip planned. They were going up to the funeral director in the area because my dad wanted to make sure there were good plans in place so that when him or Mom passed, that things were in place so that we could have a funeral director here who could then help us know how to transfer to Lancaster to be buried with my brothers who were who died 
when they were 9 and 10 years old. That's always something that my mom and dad made very clear. They wanted to be buried with Merle and Arlen. And it took a huge burden off of us this week, just having some of those things already put into place. So my dad was had so much integrity, and I really loved it that he wanted to bring us around the table to talk about it. So I love my dad. Oh. Um, so I kind of put this together in writing. Um, I may add some things as we go. But you've always been daddy to me. He was. I spent over 50 years with him. He was always daddy. I don't know why we had that term, but he was our daddy. He was a steady and easy presence. He loved well in his own quiet way. I've heard this. Everybody said this. It's true. Your words are few and measured. I don't think he hardly ever said anything that he would regret or that would hurt somebody. He, his words were very measured. Family was everything to him. I go back. He always spoke so thoughtfully of his parents. His mother, she must have been exceptional. And all of his brothers and sisters, 15 of them, and their spouses, which he took on as his own brother and sister, and all of their children, it seemed like he knew every one of them by name. We had a family reunion here in the Finger Lakes. How many years ago? Mom, what year? 2008, um, I think if everyone would have shown up, all the relatives, we could have had 700, maybe 1,000 of us there. He had a big family. We were, they um, were very fertile. <laughs> um, but truly, he did. He loved his nieces and nephews. He would know them by name. He would go see them. He would love on them. I don't want to miss, I have to say, his, his sisters. We all lived in this radius of like what felt like a mile in Lancaster County growing up. I think he hung out with those sisters as much, like they were his, his group. He would, that's where the coffee and donuts started. And his brothers, oh my, yeah. He took such, he loved his brothers. I'm sure there were times when they, who knows, they might not have been on terms, but, oh, oh man, come on, got together. They loved on each other. Mom, I don't want to forget about you. You were his sweetheart for 64 plus years. You won him over by those special sugar cookies that you made. He always talked about those sugar cookies, and I think she tried as best she could to always keep some of those in the freezer for all of those 64-plus years. They are really good. Sometime, when you stop by and see her in the next weeks, years, months, maybe she'll have some, some for you. Sorry, I don't think anybody drank out of this yet. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> you, you and Daddy, I always tell people you were two peas in a pod. It's really true. And I didn't know what it was going to look like when he's no longer there. You were, you were always there working side by side, willing to take adventures, willing to move away from Lancaster. I think you guys were in your 50s, 40s. Moved away from Lancaster in your late 40s. Opened up a business, a, a small business in the home farm, at the home farm. Lareed and I were your sidekick. You were adventurous. You were brave. And you and Daddy, you stuck there. You stuck beside each other, even in sickness and even through the hard times. Mom and Daddy didn't have it always easy. They said goodbye to Merle and Arlen when they were 9 and 10, but they still ministered to people. They still loved. You loved your four daughters well. You admired our accomplishments. You took an interest we're doing with our lives, supporting us each individually along the way. And you even took, he even took our husbands and like sons of his own. He really loved each of you guys for who you are. I never felt like there was a, one got a little more favoritism than the other. He just was, he loved each of you. He loved all of his grandkids. They knew you as grandpa. He always wanted to know what you were doing in life. You were, he was their greatest cheerleader, attending many birthday parties, coming for visits, graduations. You got to attend Michael's wedding in Seattle. It was a, a great memory for our family. You were sure to be there to take it all in. He loved life, and if you saw the pictures, I just the the just the contentment and the smile on his face. It it really was constant. His quiet faith anchored him. He wasn't preachy. He just lived his faith. He loved well, unconditionally, with no reservations. I want to say thank you, Daddy, for the legacy that you leave us, that you leave our family, our community. You finished your race well. You'll miss, I'll miss you, Daddy. Uh, so I'm Michael, and this is Steph, and it's a real honor to be here to remember Grandpa. Um, I just... It's not often that the, the, our family is kind of scattered to the wind. So we have folks from Seattle and from California, from Montana and from Buffalo. And um, I'm so thankful that the, the stars aligned and the flights cooperated and we could all be here today. Uh, we just want to add a couple memories to what's already been shared about uh, this man who was so deeply loved. So we were spending a little time last evening just kind of each of us bringing up some of our favorite memories. 
Um, one of the things that I have continued to tell my friends back where I am right now is that my grandpa was kind of like a cat. He had nine lives. <laughs> Just to name a few of those examples, um, my grandpa fell off a silo with a silo building company. He had a, um, an incident where he was run over by a tractor like actually run over by a tractor. And I think that's the one time where, you know, being a little bit rounder came to protect him. <laughs> it's the cookies. Good job, <laughs> Um And then he also was in a head-on collision uh, where the other driver uh, in a snowstorm went into the other lane, um, hit him head-on. The other driver died, and Grandpa had a broken sternum. Um, but he... You know, you would never even know all these things, and um, I just think it's so amazing. Another thing that I always loved was thinking about, uh, you know, the growth with technology. It took them forever to get a computer, but when they finally did, we were so excited from afar to be able to send emails. And you'd think it would be, you know, like, growth, we can figure out how to use a keyboard, not really. That's okay. They could read the emails, and then Grandpa and Grandma, without fail, would give me a call back, leave a message, and we would just respond that way. And, and uh, one time, it was his birthday, I sent him just this, like, really cheesy birthday card that had, like, you know, it was like a GIF GIF. Uh, the cats were singing happy birthday. I still have that message. I haven't listened to it, but he was just laughing about the cats and how cute they were. Uh, one thing that comes to mind for me right away when I'm thinking about my childhood with Grandpa was all of the horse and buggy rides that he would give. Um, of course, he did that for a long time at the windmill, and it was always such a moment of pride for me to, you know, stroll into the windmill and, you know, go right up to Grandpa and kind of skip the line and just let everybody know that, you know, I'm the VIP here. I'm, <laughs> I, I get the first ride here because, you know, I, I got connections. Uh, and, of course, in the winter, too, we had a lot of sleigh rides. He'd, he'd switch his, his buggy out for a sleigh, and we'd, we'd go prancing through the snow. Um, and then this has come up already, I think Dallas mentioned it, but um, I think breakfast, breakfast was a core experience that I think all the grandkids shared with Grandpa. And um, oftentimes when we would come for a visit, he'd actually make us breakfast, which is a credit. I think it's not that often in our background that men know their way around the kitchen, and I think I'm excited that I've learned a thing or two, and I think Grandpa planted that seed because he could make a really mean breakfast with eggs, and I think Scrapple was one of the highlights. <laughs> Uh, so whenever I eat Scrapple, which isn't that often now, it's hard to buy in Seattle for some reason, but um, <laughs> when I eat Scrapple, I, I think of Grandpa. Just to add to that, I know when they would, when Grandma, you and Grandpa would visit us in Buffalo, I know Tommy had like a favorite diner, and of course, even if we weren't going to have breakfast in their kitchen, Grandpa was going to go out of his way and go find a diner, and Tommy has really great memories of some Mickey Mouse pancakes um, that were really special. So just in brief, talking about the sugar cookies again, because they're going to come back time and time again. And I didn't realize my mom would mention this, but um, I think it's always so amazing and hilarious thinking about that the power of cookies. Um, 
and you want them over that way, so maybe someday I can win some over, someone over with my baked goods. We'll see. Uh, wrap it up here. I think I, I, I feel so lucky, you know, even though I, I lived, lived a ways away, I was able to spend some quality time with Grandpa not too long ago. I was uh, visiting Buffalo for, for Christmas and New Year's, and then we drove up to Penyan for, I think it was New Year's Day this year. And I have this memory of us sitting around the table and um, many of you folks will know this, but Grandma especially has an incredible memory for the family history and the genealogy. She's like a, a walking textbook when it comes to that. And if you give her the name of a far distant relative, she can tell you in two seconds how you connect to that person, you know. And uh, it just so happened that uh, my wife Emily had mentioned that a coworker of hers over in Seattle had the last name Stolzfus. And so, of course, you know, odds are that we're connected to them somehow. And it turns out they're from the Montana Stolzfus clan, and, you know, we're from the Lancaster Stolzfus clan. So it's only a matter of time before the, the trees connect. So we got out the, you know, the, the, the Fisher book, the giant, you know, leather-bound tome, and we were, we were combing through it. And, and anyway, the whole time, Grandpa's just at the end of the table, which I think is somewhere he always loved to be. Even if he wasn't actively engaged in the conversation, Grandpa loved to... He had this, this way of being present, you know, just quiet. You could see kind of a gleam in his eye, even if he's not saying much. He's just soaking it up. He just loves the time. Um, but in that particular instance, as we were, you know, tracing the, the, the legacy or the genealogy, he, he clearly saw that I'd taken a, a new interest in it. You know, this was my first time, you know, really looking into the, the family tree in that way. So afterwards, he mentioned if he asked if, I'd had a, if I had a copy of... Um, I think most folks in this room will know what I'm talking about. It's the, the Stolzfus family tree book. It's, a, it's not that, you know, it's got the picture of the tree on it with everybody's name and the branches, and then you can open it up, and it's got everybody down to, like, the great-grandkid, and, and someone out there is doing a really great job of updating that. So Grandpa wanted to know if I had a copy, and if, and if our copy had Emily's name in it, because um, we you know, hadn't been married that long. And I told him, no, we don't have one, but we'd love to get a copy. And so... Grandpa must have filed that away because a couple months later, a copy showed up in our mailbox in, in Seattle, and, and that's honestly uh, a treasured thing for us now. So I just love how present Grandpa was and, and, and going, you know, finding small ways like that to, to demonstrate his love for us. Yeah, and honestly, there aren't enough words, but one thing that I will just always feel and know is how proud he was of us. And, um, and, and as someone who moved far away and did something a little bit differently than, you know, maybe one would have anticipated a generation ago, I always felt that deep love and um, that, that both of you were proud of me. And so I think we all feel that. We love you, Grandma. We love Grandpa. I think this microphone's working, yes. 
Well, we are Phil and Loretta Real, Loretta being the, the youngest and, of course, the best-looking Stultrius girl. <laughs> Leland knew he had that coming, so. Uh, it's a joy to be here today in many ways, and uh, it's great to hear stories. It's, it's an amazing family to be part of. Um, I always felt welcome and uh, yeah, just glad to be, be be part of your lives, and so thank you for that. They say, uh, you know, mo- mo- mother-in-laws get get a bad rap, as you know, but but uh, she's the best. We love you. Um, my wife, Larita, as I said, and our our clan here, Heidi and Nate Esh, and then Anthony and Sheila, Grant and Esther. And Aaliyah and Aaliyah. <laughs> we have two little grandbabies. Uh, Audrey is the oldest, and Luca is somewhere in the back. And uh, so proud of them. But I think Aaliyah is going to represent the family. Oh, she wants me to go first. I think it was my idea to go last, expecting it would be easier, but. Uh, that may not be the case, so if we end up in a puddle, just, just, just forgive us. We are. None of us are very good at this, this kind of thing. So, um, I think the greatest sermon that Amos ever preached was probably the one that we never heard, right? It's rather something we saw with our eyes and uh, got to experience with our, with our eyes more than with our ears, right? He was not one to use a lot of words, as many of you have said, but anyone could see that the kindness and compassion in what he did. I can't tell you how many people I've talked with just the last few days that expressed this very thought. People, people liked him for who he was, not just because of what he said. Um, we shared a lot of the same friends because, obviously, taking over the family business it comes with friendships. It comes with uh, a reputation. And um, I've always been proud of that reputation. And I want to I wanna continue that, obviously. A reputation, a good reputation, is, is, is so... Uh, well, Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs, says that you know, it, it's worth more than, more than anything, right? It's, it's one of our... One of our greatest assets as a business is a, is a good reputation, and I, I can't say enough about how that, how that started and um, something we want to maintain to this day. But here are just a few things that people said. He was such a kind man. He was so friendly. He would give my kids candy on the way home from work. He gave our boys carriage rides on their birthdays. He would always sit and talk in the cafe. He always had a smile on his face. The local sheriff said he was a great community leader and family provider. He said, if we can assist in any way, please let me know. We got lots of, lots of emails, and one, was, one of our favorites is an accountant that we both share. Uh, we know him well. He's a community leader as well. And he said, he just wrote this in an email this week. He said, just before he left, he said he wanted to thank us for what we have done for him in the past. 
He said, I was really touched by his comments since we are not very often thanked by our clients for the work we have to do for them. I will always remember these last words he spoke to me. You can be proud that your father was a good man, and he was very proud of you. I will forever remember his last words to me. Of course, the, 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 the ladies at the bank, they were, he, would, he would go in there, and everybody knew who he was, and uh, they, they just let me know the other day that how they just loved, loved seeing him in there. Part of the reward, I think, as, as parents and grandparents, as I, as I age, I, I'm older, I'm always older than, than I think I am, and I think a lot of us are that way, right? I, I still think I'm young, but the reality is I get older, and the older I get, the more I realize just the, the, the blessing of, of children and grandchildren, and it's, uh, it's a sobering thought, but, but really they are, in a sense, our reward. And I think Grandpa Amos... Uh, daddy, as we called him, um, he he saw his his children and grandchildren as as a reward in a sense. They they were his his legacy, and he 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 would do anything for them. Um, I can't tell you how many times I tried to do things for him, and I didn't want to be paid for it. I just wanted to do it right because it's, it's what you do. They live next door. You take care of them. You plow snow for them. You provide internet service for them. There's just things that you do. And I didn't, I didn't want to get paid, but, and I'd tell him that. And after, you know, the next couple of days, there'd be some cash laying on the desk or a check or something, and never needed, but appreciated at the same time. It's sobering to think that part of his reward is dependent on how we finish. And I think that's, that's a reality, in a sense. I don't know how this thing works when we get to, get to heaven, but... I think he's going to be proud of us if we finish well. And so that's, that's a, I guess, a weight that I, I feel the, the, the older I get. I want, to, I want to finish well. I want to live with integrity the way he did and in holiness because I think that's, that's something we take with us. I believe he has joined the great cloud of witnesses and they are rooting for us, wanting us to finish strong. The, the word endurance comes to mind, and I think it's been used before today already. But I want to be one who's known for endurance, just, just like Grandpa was. We mourn today, and I, it's, it's good to mourn. I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't really enjoy funerals. I, we had a, a beautiful wedding six weeks ago, right? Six weeks today. I love weddings. Um, I'd much rather be at a wedding, but in a sense, this is this is a wedding. It's a, it's a new day for for us as a family, for you sisters, for mom especially. Um, but don't be afraid to mourn. I, I I just think it's it's important to to realize that. But in the morning, let's try to keep our hearts tender. I know it's. Death can be, can be hard, and it can, it can come with blame and with regret and all that. But um, I think Amos lived, lived a life that he, he, he didn't have regrets. That was obvious. Joyce mentioned all the pain they've been through, but no bitterness. Well, that, that means you're living a life without regret. And so I want that to be, be my story. And, but if, 
if any of you family, you know, I just think it'd be helpful uh, the next few weeks if you just take time to just to process this in a way that um, that doesn't doesn't uh, create bitterness. I just would. Uh, I don't think that would be a a legacy that that he would like. So we can find promises, find promises. But just yeah, just just take time with the Lord. It, there's no there's no answers to a lot of the, this to to death. Oftentimes we 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 don't have answers. But um, I believe one thing that uh, that we could see in Amos's life was just his childlike faith. And when a faith is childlike, it doesn't uh, it doesn't demand answers for every every situation, right? It it's uh, it just accepts things that you can't change as, as a reality, and, and you move on. And I think he did that so many times. He has such a childlike faith, and uh, I love it. A childlike faith is, uh, is okay with mysteries, things that we don't understand. I love to figure things out. I love to have the answers for everything, but we don't have the answers for death, right? But let's keep a childlike faith in the days to come. And realize that mysteries are okay. We trust a, a heavenly Father who has, He will have the answers for everything. He doesn't always give them to us in this life, but I just wanted to leave you with that. So uh, be encouraged. I think I think that's what He would say today. He's a man of courage, but a man of encouragement, and uh, I love that about Him. One more thing um, that He. He did well, and you, you heard this in the grandchildren, was that he took time. And I, am, uh, I consider myself very busy, and you know, I think I'm pretty important sometimes, but one thing I, I have a hard time doing is just taking time. And it's, it's, it's something I want to do better at, not just because it's a good thing to do, but to carry on his legacy of just being able to take time with people. I saw it so often, just in the cafe especially. He just took time with people, and especially grandchildren, as you know. But They say that we don't get tired because we do too much. We get tired because we do too much of what doesn't bring us life. And I, I saw him so many times doing things that brought him life, that added to his life, and that was spending time with people. So it's a legacy I want to carry on. Alia, representative. I'm honored to speak last because I get to be the youngest grandchild. And even though I was always last, somehow I'm still honored. There's not a soul that has met my grandpa that has said anything bad about him or could say anything bad about him. He always had a smile on his face and was always so excited to see you. Everyone knows him as the founder of Oak Hill and a proud grandfather. 
but he's also kind, humble, and loving. Grandpa was a man of quiet strength and solid commitment to the Lord and to his family. He was relational and cared for people selflessly. He passed on his love of seafood and scrapple to his grandkids. Without his vision, Oak Hill wouldn't exist. I remember hearing stories of him delivering groceries to local neighbors and always having Smarties for the kids. He definitely had a sweet tooth. Grandpa didn't talk about himself or his own accomplishments, but he was smart with his resources and built a successful life for his family. He was always a generous man. He worked very hard, but it was never for himself. It was for his family and his community. Every Christmas, Grandma and Grandpa would give us grandkids anywhere between 20 to $25. He pushed himself to leave a heritage, and it paid off. I really hope he gave at least 20 to $25 to each of us, because I, I don't know. <laughs> I hope that's how it was. Oh, okay. I grew up three minutes away from Grandma and Grandpa, but I honestly didn't spend much time with him. I was more of a grandma's girl. <laughs> I do remember asking my grandma for stories about him. I know that she made her famous sugar cookies for him often while they were dating. I knew it was his dream to start the business, but most importantly, I knew that he loved his family very much. He would frequently stop by the store and make sure to say hi to everyone he knew, and he would probably even say hi to people he didn't know. He'd grab a cart and wander around the store, even though he usually only buy a few things. <laughs> a fond memory for all of us was road tripping to Florida with Grandma and Grandpa every winter. They slowly but surely made the 22-hour trek. Grandma would share her stories, and Grandpa would just drive. They were simply the perfect duo for an eventful road trip. Grandpa didn't share much of his story, but I remember when I told him that I was moving to Kalamazoo, Michigan last fall, he told me he lived there once. I was shocked. <laughs> he didn't say much about it, and I didn't want to pry. I knew that he was there for 1W, so I figured it was a hard time in his life. He said he and Grandma wanted to come visit me sometime, even though he probably wouldn't recognize the city anymore. What an honor it is to live in the same city that my grandpa once served in. I'll forever be grateful for that. Though this time comes as a shock to all of us, I'm at peace. I know where he is, and I know who he's with. I know he's proud of all of his grandkids and great-grandkids. Even though his dream of seeing of us all grandkids get married wasn't fulfilled, and I can't promise it ever will be. <laughs> My desire to get married, start a family, and name one of my sons Amos is ever-growing. I thank you, everyone, for sharing. It's so beautiful. Um, I just wanted to say, lastly, Grandma, we are so committed to taking care of you and making sure that you're taken care of, okay? You don't have to worry about anything. We're here for you. That's all.
Thank you. Uh, what an honor to be with, <laughs> with this family. These are special people. They're special people. Amos was a special person. My name's Aaron Stolzfus. I'm Jonsgitz, Aaron Zykes, Aaron. I'm Jonsgitz, Aaron Zykes, Fanny's brother. <laughs> so that's, now you have it. That's what I am. Um, I wrote down a little bit. Amos J. Stolzfus. Boy, that has a nice ring to it. It really does. Now, I know, I knew Amos longer than any of y'all. I was 14, 13, 14 when I got to know him. Now, I knew him when he was cool. <laughs> he was slim, dark hair, clean shaven, and drove a 54, white 54 Mercury. That was a classy car. He was... I, I loved him right from the get-go. Here's what I really liked about him. I liked the way he loved Fanny. She was his treasure. And, and it was so evident. You could always see she loved him as well. And what a heritage you guys have to have grandma and grandpa, great-grandma and great-grandpa that truly loved each other. And it was so evident. Um... Amos was a role model for me in so many ways. Until he came along, I never saw a man working in the kitchen. But he came along. He was right beside Fanny, washing and drying the dishes every time. I was impressed. I never saw that. Uh, he lived his life pretty simply. There's a song that says, no excuses, no regrets. What you see is what you get. That was him. He's leaving behind, in my opinion, some really big shoes to fill. I I can't fill those shoes. I know I can't fill those shoes. What I'd like to do is follow in his footsteps. And hopefully every one of you, your grandchildren, children, 
following his footsteps. You'll never go wrong. Thank you, and I love y'all. I think I, I know most of you, but for those of you who don't know me, um, Kyle Weaver. I'm Amos's oldest grandchild, um, and I have the, uh, the honor of reading his obituary. Um, so, Amos J. Stolzfus, age 88, died Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Amos was born on February 9th, 1934, in Bearville, PA, to the late John and Melinda Stolzfus. Before moving to Penyan in 1983, he was a silo builder in Lancaster, PA, and worked for Lancaster Level Flow. After moving to Penyan, he and his wife Fanny opened Oak Hill Bulk Foods on Ridge Road, and in 1990, the store moved to its current location on Route 14A. He also built silos in Penyan area from 1983 until 1990. Amos was a pastor at the Refton Mennonite Church from 1970 to 1983 and the Crystal Valley Mennonite Church from 1983 to 2001. After his retirement in 2001, Amos offered horse rides at the windmill. Amos also provided transportation for his Mennonite neighbors. Amos is survived by his wife, Fanny Stolzfus, four daughters, Wilma and Leland Miller, Leanna, David Weaver, Joyce and Myron Glick, Loretta and Phil Real, 16 grandchildren, 11 great-grandchildren, all of which Amos loved watching grow and succeed. One brother, John Stolzfus, or no, sorry, one brother, John and Marion Stolzfus, a sister-in-law, Rebecca Stolzfus, brother-in-law, Menno Fisher, as well as countless nieces, nephews, and cousins. Amos was predeceased by his parents, two sons, Arlen J. and Merle Isaac, and his siblings, Maddie Stolzfus, Rachel Smoker, Rebecca Stolzfus, Eli Stolzfus, Mary King, Daniel Stolzfus, Ada Fisher, Melinda Fisher, Sarah Fisher, Henry Stolzfus, Emma Byler, Levi Stolzfus, Ben Stolzfus, and Katie Fisher. Friends may call on Friday, August 5th, 2022, from 2 to 4 p.m. and 6 to 8 p.m. at the Crystal Valley Mennonite Church, 2420 State Route 230, Dundee, New York. A funeral service will be held at the church on Saturday at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. Calling hours and burial service will be held at the Weavertown Amish Mennonite Church on Sunday at 1 p.m. Memorial contributions may be made to the Jericho Road Community Health Center. 184 Barron Street, Buffalo, New York, 14213, or online at jrchc.org. I just want to say, Grandpa, you're going to be missed. I love you. I love you too, Grandma. Well, thank you to each one who shared. That was very 
interesting hearing your personal stories and the impact that team has had on each of you. <clears throat> As I mentioned earlier, browsing through Amos' Bible, there was another verse, two verses that I came across I'd like to share, taken from 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, and this was highlighted and underlined. I'm not sure why both, but uh, I thought that's interesting. Um, 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, but, but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise a self rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profit little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having a promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. It reminds me of an interesting story that um, my father-in-law had with him. Amos was, uh, as was mentioned earlier, I think Aaliyah mentioned it, he would take the truck and make deliveries, sell groceries throughout, throughout the community and pass out smarties to the children and my children remember that as well and uh, as I said earlier he was a good friend of my father-in-law who was a paver um, and I think at the time he was still involved in the business so Alvin was questioning him and says you know how do you stay active how do you stay in shape what, what do you do and uh, this is when he was making deliveries and uh, my father-in-law, of course, he was somewhat involved in the business, not um, in the day-to-day out in the hot blacktop. But he was still quite active, and Amos was trying to console him that, no, he's, he's okay. He said, I'm, I'm in and out of the truck a lot. That was his, that was his exercise. <laughs> so I thought it's interesting when I came across that verse that was highlighted and underlined. Interesting. <laughs> well, thank you again to all of you for sharing, sharing your stories, your testimonies. Um, we are coming to the closing of the service, and uh, I would like to just make a, a few announcements. First of all, thanks to all of you on behalf of the family for your support. Uh, meals were brought in, uh, a lot of memories shared. That's valuable, so thank you on behalf of the family for all of that. Also, we will be dismissing shortly um, to make one final viewing, and they've asked that you please wait to greet the family till we get in the basement for the meal. File through for your last viewing, and then back out, the ushers will direct you in that. Also, if you haven't signed the guest book, please do. They've asked that uh, they'd like to have um, your signature of having been here. So thank you for that. Also, um, as we stand, um, I want to ask the blessing on the meal. When you come through for the final viewing, file down to the basement if you're staying for the meal and uh, join us in that as well. And I think that's, I think that's all that I need to do. Um, let's stand for a dismissal prayer and then we'll sit down again and wait for the ushers to dismiss it. Shall we stand? Thank you, Lord, for your presence among us this morning. Thank you for your blessings on this family. Father, we have heard much to go on, much to encourage us, much as to, to inspire us to live in a way that pleases you, in a way that, that uh, honors 
those around us serves others as well. Thank you, Father, for this rich heritage that Amos has left. And we pray your blessing on, especially Fanny, the next uh, weeks and months and years. May your grace continue to enable her. Also, the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Thank you so much for the love that Amos has displayed and showed on all of us. And may that encourage us and inspire us to do likewise. We thank you, too, for the meal that is prepared. Thank you for those that have prepared and shared it. May your blessing rest on them. And might our, our fellowship continue to be honor and glory to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe see.